So, Ian, welcome to episode 23 of Hubshots. How are you? Very good, Craig. Mate, let me ask you, do you know what customer advocacy is? <laughs> I do. Well, I didn't really know, but after our interview with Rosalia, I actually had came out with a much better understanding. And it's, it's a really useful concept, isn't it? Absolutely. And you know, I've heard bigger organizations do it. I know like at IBM, for example, I believe they do that. Right. So I think, but if we filter it down to where we are and the businesses that we deal with, I don't see it happening at all. And that's just one of the great things that Rosalia Cephalo talks about in our interview today. So carrying on from our series of the last two weeks, we're lucky enough to go into HubSpot Sydney and talk with seven different HubSpot experts across a range of topics. We've had Ryan Benici already and James Gilbert in previous episodes. And today we're very lucky to have Rosalia Cephalo. She's out from Boston too. That's right. And so this episode is all about sales and marketing alignment. And so I encourage you to get a pen and paper out and write down the goal that's about to be delivered and (laughs) implement it. I've got to say, out of all the interviews, this was one of the ones that blew my mind the most where I was coming up with things. Oh, wow, that's really useful. I'm going to use that with my clients. What were some of the highlights just before we throw to the interview? What are some of the little teaser highlight that you like? I think reporting and how everybody is looking off that same system and dashboard. I think that's really the key. To really bring this whole alignment together, right? Like we talk about it all the time, but here's how we could make it happen. That was a great point. One of the things I really liked how she talked about is who's actually responsible for reporting dashboards between sales and marketing. Really interesting that she thinks marketing should be in charge of that so that they can check lead quality and how they're being followed up. So that's a bit of a challenge for many marketers, I'd imagine. Yeah. And you know, one thing I would suggest is once you've listened to this, go back and listen to Ryan's interview and the two tie really well together. So that's my little tip. Yeah, that's a great tip. Just one other thing before we throw to the interview. I really liked how she said there's a part of the sales process that Australians are actually better than North Americans. I know. I always think think Australia is like years behind the US, right? But she actually highlights, and she's from the US, she's experienced both. She actually highlights a really key point where Australian firms are really good at and that we mustn't lose that. So that's really, that's a great gem worth listening for. All right. Okay, we'll take it over. And we started by asking Rosalia where she's from and what she does. So my name is Rosalia Cephalou, and I work as a sales enablement marketing manager here at HubSpot. I've been here for the past three years, and I've actually been stationed out of our Boston office, located in Cambridge specifically. I'm from Boston originally. I mean, I took on a new challenge just about a week ago, actually, when I touched down in Sydney. And so I'm here at our SidSpot office for the next five months, where I'll be working to enable our sales team through content, product training, and a little bit more about what we'll probably end up talking about today. All right. So you often help with challenges that sales and marketing people have in their roles. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've seen and how people are typically solving them? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the challenges that we see sales and marketing teams face come down to this very, very basic human challenge of not understanding each other. Sales and marketing people speak totally different languages a lot of the time. And so much of it is just a preconceived notion that one group hasn't made an effort to get over with the other one. So some of the challenges that we faced internally at HubSpot and that we see our customers face is that marketers don't 
understand a lot about the sales process and don't actually get involved in kind of that hand-to-hand combat, one-on-one, being on the phone through a sales process. So what we've done internally and what we suggest to a lot of our customers to do and have seen success with is actually shaking things up and having your marketing team sit with your sales team, sit interspersed with your sales team, have them sit on calls with the sales team. One of the things that marketers can help a lot with is obviously we're very good at content creation. We're really good at positioning our product. So actually bringing those marketers onto sales calls to act as allies What it does is two really, really big benefits. So the first is it improves the sales and marketing relationship by having the marketer give something to the salesperson that's not just a new lead. Um, It's actually progressing that person through the funnel, getting them closer to becoming a customer. But I think what we end up finding is that marketers come off of those calls with kind of a whoa, that's what a sales call is really like. These sales guys are really getting hammered with hard questions. They have a really tough job that they're doing day in and day out. So it really helps improve that relationship and gives each team kind of a better idea of what the skill sets that they could leverage from the other are. That's fascinating. So I'm interested to know, okay, you work with sales and marketing teams within HubSpot and you've also worked with HubSpot customers, so Mm -hmm. people like marketing managers who would be listening to our podcast. How have they responded or have you seen this successfully where you actually have said, okay, to marketing managers, you've actually got to go and sit with the sales team. Like how many will actually, I guess, accept that and actually do it or how many push back? People don't typically push back because they know they need to do it. I've definitely heard of a lot of teams who, like I said, come back with that shock value afterwards. But one of my favorite stories that I heard from a team who did implement this and they went and sat with the sales team was that they had so much better of an idea of what a salesperson does and the salespeople kind of had this pride about their job afterward that then the marketers wanted to have that feeling kind of back for sales. So they put up this large television right there on the sales floor where they broadcast their HubSpot dashboard to kind of show sales, you know, we're sitting with you guys, we're hearing what you're doing every day, we're hearing your challenges. Now you can see kind of what our goals are, what our water fall looks like this is what our day-to-day is and so I thought that was a great example of kind of just jumping in head first being a little afraid of it but being able to really share each other's story uh, between the two teams. Now that's really interesting now if I think about in the last year we've had CRM come on we've had products like Sidekick join us and that's really changed the way I guess sales teams can run with information that they've got how much of that is going to be more and more important in 2016 and onwards? Yeah, I think it's super important, especially when you're adopting platforms like HubSpot that appeal to two different teams, sales, marketing. It's really important to get as many people as possible within the company adopting that software. So I think that what we'll see with some of the HubSpot products like CRM and the reporting add-on, especially if you want to get your whole team on this product, each of your stakeholders have to understand the value of it, have to be in the product, have to be using it. So one good example of what we've seen a lot of customers um, see a lot of success with today is that when you have your sales team on the CRM and you have your marketing team using the marketing product and you have this reporting add-on kind of sitting in between them and you have dashboards that appeal to all those different stakeholders. So marketers can check in on sales productivity. Salespeople can check in on the leads that are being generated by marketing. Your CMO, your CEO, all of your kind of C-level stakeholders can have their own dashboards and they're able to see top line metrics. 
individual teams, whether it's your social team, your content team, they're all in there at the same time viewing all of their metrics. So we're seeing just better alignment in general among a whole company when they're all using the same software. When everybody is able to see value from that software and able to work in it together, they end up working better together as people. And it ends up making for stickier customers, of course, also when everybody is on the same platform. So this is really interesting because if we look at it from a perspective of, we often report back to businesses that we help, right? And you just mentioned like they obviously have these dashboards, but everybody across the organization has information valuable to them, which they're using on a daily basis. I think that changes everything. How many people like, or how many organizations have you seen actually doing that? Because I know reporting add-ons being talked about, are people using it or are we getting to that stage where people really understand the power of it? And what can we do to help make that better? Yeah, absolutely. So when we've encouraged this type of behavior before with other platforms that are kind of built for one individual team. It's much harder to see that adoption. It's much harder to see all of those teams get in, look at each other's metrics and really be using it. With the reporting add-on, we're seeing amazing traction because it was built for multiple teams, because it was built with both sales and marketing together. And one of the ways that we can kind of encourage and see more traction with it, I think, is really putting it in the hands of the marketer to get inside of the head of the salesperson, to get inside of the head of each of their individual teams. And this stuff really falls on the marketing managers to understand, you know, what are those metrics that they want to see? What are those challenges that they want to overcome? Where are their opportunities for more transparency within the company? And then having those managers actually create those dashboards, create those reports. I wouldn't necessarily put it in the hands of my sales team. Like, hey guys, here's the reporting add-on. Here's all this data. Go build what you want to see. They don't necessarily know what the finished product that they want to see is. But if you can understand from them that they want more visibility into what are the high quality leads you're generating this month or what are the offers that you're focusing on this month, that it's really on the marketers then to go create those dashboards and make it really usable for the whole company. You know what, though? I just need to take a step back because after just listening to you for a few minutes talk about this, I kind of feel like, oh, yeah, that's the norm. Yeah, that's that's what everyone... And then I just had to take, um, uh, like, check myself and go, hang on, none of my clients do that. No. <laughs> that's no, exactly no, like I our clients. That. It's just like, it's so obvious. And I was just like... Actually, no one's doing that. You know, and you, that, know, you know, I think what will happen is it'll drive more engagement on the platform of people actually wanting to see stuff change. That's what really stood out to me from this whole conversation is that it's not something that, oh, yeah, we'll get someone to do this and we'll check back in a month. But here, every day, people will see some sort of activity and you can drive a lot of action based out of it, I think. That's really the key of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we think about how do we get that sales team involved, like having even just the daily, weekly, monthly emails that go out to them that show them those metrics, salespeople are living inside the CRM or they're living inside their inbox all day. So actually putting it directly in front of them, it really increases the visibility of the work marketing is doing, which also works to improve that relationship. And to your point that, you know, none of my clients are doing this today, when we think about inbound marketing, when you first kind of learn about the methodology and you understand like, okay, not having messages pushed out to me, but me actually in the time when I'm making a buying decision or I'm doing research that your company comes up and is providing value and providing information. Yeah, of course, that makes 
so much sense. Of course, that's what we should be doing. It's it's almost so obvious that you can't understand how people aren't doing it. <laughs> and so, you know, that's why I think it's really interesting in this region specifically to be seeing that traction kind of catch on and, and following in the footsteps of, of what we've seen a lot in the States. And I think that with things like the reporting on, you know, it may take a little more time here, but I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of cross-team adoption happen. Fantastic. So now we touched a bit on this uh, about different regions. Now you've obviously come from North America and you've come to the Asia Pacific. Things are a bit different here. And I think like for both of us, we kind of go, well, we've got customers that primarily service the, the Australian or the Asian market and now we're going into the U.S., what sort of advice can you share with us that would help that transition into that new market space for them, being obviously an Australian business and then going to the US, for example? It's a really, really interesting question. So some of the differences I've seen and in, in kind of what I would suggest to businesses here as they move overseas to a US customer base or US prospects here in this region, things are very, very relationship-based. A lot of relationship-based selling, a lot of in-person selling, a lot of event selling, more so than we see in the U.S. I think the core of sales and the core of inbound sales really has to do with building trust and building those relationships. And so, ironically, I would almost say that you guys are kind of ahead in that aspect. In the U.S. that we're kind of just starting to build out that playbook of what an inbound sales model looks like and what being helpful beyond just creating content online looks like. So I would encourage that you guys actually don't transition or change all that much when you start selling into the States. I think that that kind of relationship building is going to be really valuable and that our audience will be super perceptive to it out there. At the same time, if there is one thing that seems it might be different from here, <laughs> from hopping on a lot of sales calls back in the States, prospects can be very hard-hitting because they know they have the power today. Because of inbound marketing, because salespeople don't hold all the power that they used to, us as buyers in the U.S., you know, we'll ignore all, all your emails. We don't have to open them. We might not be so kind off the bat on the phone, whereas a lot of the calls I've listened to here, it, there are genuine awesome conversations happening out of the gate. There's not kind of that big sense of distrust that there is in the States. So I would make sure that while we are encouraging relationship selling, that you guys are going into sales and marketing with the fact that the content, even at the top of the funnel, is not super fluffy. I think that in the States, definitely people want all the information. They want all the facts. Our sales engineering team out there is in the States is obviously huge for that reason to really have that source of truth, that backup, that technical resource on a lot of those calls. So yeah, I would definitely say keep up all of the, the relationship building and the trust that you're building, but definitely go into all of those conversations with all of the facts. I just want to ask you, um, this is just kind of more of a general thing. You've hi actually highlighted a few of these things, but just the question is, what is one thing that successful marketing managers are particularly good at, do you think? Yeah. And you can look at geographic changes as well if yeah. that's relevant. But yeah. yeah, is there something? Yeah. So I think one thing the best marketing managers are really good at is always questioning the status quo and questioning their playbook, even if they're seeing success. Not just going through steps one, two, and three, because steps one, two, and three have always worked. The reason being that your buyers, as they've changed, we see, you know, the reason why inbound marketing works at all is because buyer behavior has changed. Buyers' behaviors will continue to change as their needs change, as the world around us changes. We see this happen with, you know, more and more people on smartphones and, and consuming more content through apps like Facebook and Twitter versus going to Google and searching for something, right? 
So as the technology that we use changes, as the world around us changes, buyers change too. And that doesn't mean that because Playbook A has been successful for the past year, that it's going to be successful in the next year. So really that kind of healthy level of skepticism and the need to always be reevaluating what you're doing, reinventing your strategy, regardless of how much success you've seen thus far. What do you see as something that's probably going to change in 2016? In 2016, something that we're seeing more of with, with our customers and that we're doing a little bit more of specifically in this region is taking marketing outside of just the marketing team and taking that kind of education out of just a salesperson talking to a prospect and really using our existing customers as um, kind of a pseudo marketing team. So we're seeing more and more people build out advocacy programs with their customers as a way to use the people who are using your product or your service every day as a way to promote, to do marketing for you, to advocate for you. When we look at something like even just Yelp for restaurants, right? So much of the time when I decide where I'm going to go eat, it's not because of the cool website that the restaurant had or because of an article that the restaurant wrote. A lot of that has to do with somebody who ate there saying, yeah, you know what, this place has, you know, a great dinner menu and I highly recommend it to everyone. So I think we'll see more and more of that in 2016, especially with how important relationship-based selling is here. I think that more buyers want to hear from other people that have actually used the software or used a service, somebody that they can actually trust and that really looks like them. Well, thank you so much to Rosalia for that super useful interview. That How helpful was that? Gold. It was gold. Let's quickly recap with three of our key takeaways from that. And the first was around what she finished with there, talking about customer advocacy and just this idea of getting your existing customers involved in the process of conversations with your prospects. Yes, I think that's really important. Uh, I would think of it as another channel that you're going to use. And, you know, think about it because that's all going towards your growth, right? So it's just what you can show at the end of the day that has achieved those results. So think about how you can go about doing it. That's right. The second one I really liked was how she talked about having a consistent platform. Yes. So if sales are on HubSpot and marketing's on HubSpot, you've actually over one of the biggest hurdles, which is, you know, separate systems that teams are on. So if you're a marketing manager listening to this, that's actually a very big opportunity. It actually sets you apart from a lot of other companies because it, it puts you in the position where you can then add dashboards easily on top to report across those departments now Now, the key thing is yes marketing should actually own those dashboards exactly wasn't that an interesting point yeah you know what don't wait for someone else to do it you own it you create the dashboard for sales and get everyone on the same page and you know obviously as you go along keep refining them because you know as you get their engagement you'll figure out stuff that they need or that they find more valuable than the stuff that you need so have that conversation open the door to that conversation i thought it was great yeah that was such a useful uh, insight that she shared there and then the third point was really around well how often do you actually communicate that out to the business and typically we hear of oh, a monthly report occasionally Correct. a weekly report but she's actually saying well daily, daily reports that's what the marketing leaders are doing these days and, yes and i guess hubspot enables a lot of that for you easily yeah look i think you probably we've experienced this at hubspot is that they have things on screens everybody can see so that's how they're tracking things through the day but in your organization you know have that daily email that goes out automate all of that with the key metrics that you need 
that shows how well you're tracking towards your end goal. That's right. Now, thanks again to Rosalia. I found that such a useful interview. You found it such a useful interview. But I wonder what our listeners thought. Yeah. So, you know what? If you've got questions, please feel free. Get us on Twitter. Leave comments on the blog. And if you can't get a hold of Rosalia or you want us to ask her something, we'll do that for you too. Please do. She's so helpful and she's very, very keen and always available to help further. Well, that's it, Craig. I hope you had a good week. All right. Thanks, Ian. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.